0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio with a slightly earlier than usual late show with me, Tom Rogers, and I'm really excited to host today a special show with Zero Gravity. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are
1: listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.
0: I'm really excited to host today a special show with Zero Gravity and we've got Tom Haywood-Pope who will be joining us in just a moment to discuss all things zero gravity but also the key topic of our show which is defying the odds and supporting your disadvantaged students which I'm really really excited to discuss I think it's one of those things it's like cracking the code a little bit like the da Vinci code of education trying to to crack something that I think many people over many years have found incredibly difficult. I think any tools, uh, particularly free tools that we know of or we can use that will help us to do that um, as teachers, I think is something that every teacher would would jump at. So that's one of the opportunities we've got this evening uh, as we get into the discussion with Tom. Um, Tom is here now. Tom, are you there? Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Good evening. How are you?
1: I'm well, thanks. How are you?
0: Yes, good. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out to join us this evening. Um, we, I've got so much to ask you and so much to discuss. Before we do anything, um, I want to really outline and kind of brief people a little bit on the topic of the show. So the whole point of the show will be about how to support students across the school uh, or your institution Particularly those students who perhaps are disadvantaged, perhaps students who wouldn't consider going to university, perhaps students who wouldn't consider themselves to be academic or to be, you know, capable of getting into what some would say are these, these so-called elite universities, you know, your Oxford, your Cambridge, and so on. So it's, it's a real opportunity to talk about those students in terms of what works for them, how do we help them. To, to get into a position to be able to defy the odds uh, and and support themselves and each other to be able to do that. Um, interestingly enough, before I ask you, Tom, some questions about this, um, can you just maybe introduce yourself to our Teachers Talk Radio listeners and give, give them a little bit of an insight into you and, and, and your job and journey?
1: Yeah, of course, Tom. Um so yeah, my name's Tom Hayward Pope and I am the Chief Operating Officer at Zero Gravity, which essentially means general dog's body for a bit of bit of everything. Um, but my my background is in education technology focused with schools. Uh, I started at about 10 years ago now, Uh, time definitely flies. And yeah, that was focused initially with a um, a company that did a behavior system for schools, and then I was working for what I think is now the UK's largest careers and university platform. Uh, Before last year, I joined uh, Zero Gravity. Um, So I've worked with probably about, I'd say about 3,000 schools across the UK and internationally in total now. and that's, that's range from kind of uh, key stage three, key stage four, but predominantly in key stage five as well, when thinking about higher education and career, uh, careers for, for life after school.
0: Wow. Um, I mean, tell us a little bit, because before we get into kind of zero gravity, which is, which is an amazing free tool that schools can, can use, just to make that clear from the beginning. Um, before we get into that, I've been reading from the Education Endowment Foundation, Um, The kind of targeted academic support that they feel works best for students and and they kind of advise that schools spend their pupil premium budgets on. Um, And some of the things that they talk about are interventions to support language development, literacy and numeracy, activities and resources to meet the specific needs of disadvantaged students, including SEND, teaching assistant deployment and intervention, Um, So how or where you use teaching assistants, one-to-one and small group tuition, and then also the last one that they put there is peer tutoring. And then in the wider strategies column, they've got supporting attendance, supporting people's social, emotional, and behavioral needs, extracurricular activities, extended school time, including summer schools, breakfast clubs and meal provision, and communicating with and supporting parents. So there's a whole range of of, of things there that they consider important to support disadvantaged students. Now, I wondered, Tom, what is zero gravity, and how does zero gravity support disadvantaged students?
1: Yeah, so zero gravity. Um, we're we, we're a tech. Mentoring platform ultimately, and what we do is we identify students that are from the bottom forty percent of the opportunity spectrum. So think students from Polar One and Two Quintiles, Acorn Four and Five postcodes, where essentially, um, or oh, sorry, free school meal students or students who spent time in care, students where um, opportunity isn't necessarily uh, surrounding them. I would say. But then they're also very um, uh, high high potential. So they will be either uh, very academic or in their own school's context, they'll be out, outperforming uh, the, the, average GCSE sco- uh, the average GCSE score of their school. So what we're trying to do is find the students that are really high potential, but from an area of low opportunity. And what we've done to date is match a student up through through our, our mentoring platform um, with a undergrad who is studying the subject that the sick former would want to study at the university they aspire to go to so for example if I wanted to go to University of Bristol studying medicine uh, we would find a a an, an undergrad sorry who is studying uh, medicine at Bristol and that undergrad would then act as my mentor and coach me through the application process to give me a bit of an insight into what university is like and hopefully just get rid of some of that imposter syndrome and instill confidence in, in me as the sick form to help me navigate that application to what is ultimately a high, a high
0: tariff institution. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why do, you, why do you think then that something like zero gravity need, needs to exist? What what Why is it there?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question, that one. Um, I think... Platforms like Zero Gravity are very successful because they, uh, what well, we should I say, um, help provide that opportunity to students that otherwise may not be that well networked, might not have the the kind of community around them who, who's navigated the the um, the, uh, more, the more complex application processes. I mean, there was some research done by the ONS. Um, I think it was a couple of months ago, actually, Tom, but. Uh, That showed that if you come from a free school meals background, by the time you hit 30, um, the top 1% free school meal students uh, will be earning considerably less than their peers that went to independent school. So the top 1% free school meal students is earning on average about £63,000 a year, whereas the top 1% of uh, independent school students earning £180,000 a year, which is absolutely eye-watering when you think about it. This, this research also even was um, controlled for attainment as well. So these would be students with the exact same uh, grade profile, or rather should I say adults now, with the same, um, the same grade profile, but ultimately it boils down to, to those networks. If you don't have a parent who's been to university, if you don't have uh, a, peer, uh, a peer, an individual, or maybe your school just isn't resourced well enough to kind of support you with the more nuanced application process of the BMAT or the LNAT, um, I think that's where mentoring can really come into its into its own, and that individual, that sit former can have that guided support on a one-to-one level to help them navigate that and be really successful with their applications.
0: So what does, I I mean, I'm just thinking now, not just a zero gravity mentor, but any mentor at kind of, um, you know, kind of year 12, year 11, year 12 kind of timeframe, what kind of thing, why is, why is mentoring a really good and important thing for students and what training is needed for somebody to be a good mentor?
1: I don't think there's a huge amount of training needed to be a great mentor. I think experience. I think a lot of people are already qualified to be mentors, especially if you've just navigated the process. If you're a first-year university student and you've gone through the UCAS process, you've built your personal statement, you've gone for your interviews, you've done your assessments, you have that lived experience that will allow you to... Instill confidence and give that that very specific information on what the journey is like to a um, to, to, to someone that's trying to follow your footsteps. But I think it's ultimately about instilling confidence in someone that, that they that they can do it. Um, it's, about, it's quite funny you Think about positive affirmations. You keep on saying, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. You're more likely to be able to do it. Um, but if you have someone then telling you, no, you you can do it. This is how I found it. This is the process. You can really be the catalyst for someone's success there.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, the Education Endowment Foundation have published various documents on, on kind of supporting students and supporting disadvantaged students. One of the things they do talk about is this idea of like, um peer tutoring i guess which and there's some similarities between that and i guess mentoring i know with zero gravity i think correct me if i'm wrong they get a mentoring meeting each week with someone
1: yeah absolutely so yeah.
0: what what will happen is is our our
1: matching algorithm will um find me uh, an individual from uh, well, I'm, I'm from the Forest Dean in Gloucestershire. We'll find me who wants to go and study business at, at a target university. We will find that mentor the our algorithm match, match based on uh, university, university subjects. And then through our, through our tech platform for one hour a week, the mentee and mentor will meet up and the mentor will give guidance to the, the mentee, the sick former to navigate that, navigate whatever process it is that I'm going through, whether a simple personal statement application, I say simple, not simple for everyone, or whether it's a more complex Oxbridge application where you've got your your interviews and your assessments. I, I, w- I would have a coach there effectively, someone to someone to take me through.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, me talking just from personal experience, uh, you know, when I was teaching over in North Wales um first kind of five years of my career over there. And I taught a lot of students and honestly, I, I think there was, I mean, we have to remember this is a relatively small town in North Wales that I was teaching in. Um, and there was not a lot of thinking, Oh, I could go to, I don't know, an Oxford or a Cambridge or whatever. There was very little, like, I would say awareness. So, I think the important thing here is that you know, if if someone's listening who's got students in their class in year eleven or year twelve, and they're thinking, oh, you know what, this person would benefit from a mentor, um, or somebody to meet with them each week and maybe talk about the opportunities they could have, or maybe talk about how they could, uh, you know, progress onto a university like that. Um, I mean, what do they do? I mean, do they have to apply? Do they, I mean, what does the teacher have to do and what do they have to do? For, a, I'll, I'll work backwards. For a, for a yeah. teacher, uh,
1: it's, it's, it's very simple. We We've created a dashboard that will allow a teacher to uploads their, their students. And what, what will happen upon an upload of students? All we, all we need is the student's name. Name and email. Uh, oh, in date of birth, just to make sure it's um, correct. Correct age group of students. Um, that will then trigger an email that will go to the student. And the student say, hey, uh, your teacher's invited you to apply to zero gravity. And as the student goes through the process, the dashboard will allow the teacher to see which students are at which stage, who uh, was eligible, who was ineligible and how many mentoring hours have have been um, had both on an individual and um, as as a whole school as well, which is very useful for, for reporting, but also seeing the impact of zero gravity. From the student's perspective, they go through a 60 second application. In which we ask for a little bit more information, such as postcode. That one's important for the Polar and the Acorn data, and um, some other contextual information such as grades. And we will tell a student within sixty seconds if they're if they're eligible for zero gravity or not. If they are, they'll be invited to attend a short webinar where we talk them through how zero gravity works, um, the, the the benefits, and and it's um... completely free, isn't it? For oh the, for yeah, teacher and the Te- for students and schools. Yep, completely free. And then um, that, that's it. When, when, they've gone, when they've gone through the process, they're in. And then um, they'll, they'll be kind of on hold for a day, maybe a couple of days, until we match them up with, um, match them up with uh, the, the best mentor for them. And then they're in and, and off, the, off they go. What do you think, what does make good
0: mentoring? I think you know, what, what makes the mentors that you use good mentors? Because they obviously are looking at the impact that they have and so on. But what, what is it about them?
1: i think what makes a good mentor is similarity it's about having someone that you you have a a likeness to whether it's someone of a similar age group um even someone with similar background similar ethnicity similar um, you know, same gender for example it's about instilling that confidence into a into someone uh into someone where they can say hey well actually i'm 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 quite like you so if you manage to do it i can do it I think that's that's a really key component of of mentorship is is that that likeness versus maybe you know let's say thirty year old me giving uh giving someone uh, sorry um giving mentorship to 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 an eighteen year old that there's quite quite a disconnect there so I think in particular the age part and that lived experience is what really really kind of resonates for
0: a fantastic mentoring relationship. What 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 kind of thing? I mean, imagine I'd, how long do the sessions last? These mentoring sessions.
1: Uh, it's down to the individual and what, what they have to cover. Usually we say about an hour uh, per, per session, sometimes shorter, sometimes a bit longer. It depends
0: depends what um, each, each partnership are going through. Okay. So let's say in your typical session, I uh, know half an hour or whatever, what mm-hmm. kind of things might the men- might a mentor do through Zero Gravity? Because this might give ideas to teachers as well in terms of internally for them within programs they already have existing in terms of the sorts of things that might be asked or said or developed through these sessions what what's the what are the key aims and objectives of these mentoring sessions for say a year 12
1: that's a really good question the the whole program is designed to upskill a a school student a mentee <coughs> excuse me Um, for whatever subject in university is applying to. So for example, if I was looking to apply for medicine, we will take the, um, uh, sorry, the mentor would take the mentee through um, about five different modules, as it were. So that would be covering um, what life's like at university, it would be covering uh, personal statements, admissions tests, um, preparing for interviews, your BMAT, uh, so on and so forth. You, your UCAT, and in that session, I think what what would generally be happening is that the mentee will be asking, "Well, what, what's it actually like?" Because uh, I think a lot of the time, when when we all try and give students um, advice and guidance, many of us haven't gone through that process. And having someone that's just done it is able to really put the meat on the bones. I would say, on on actually, what is it like? What are they what are they looking for? Also, what's it like at uni? One thing we found as well, Tom, is that after um, the students go through those modules, often the, the mentoring um, partnerships continue past the past the January um, UCAS deadline. And the mentors will then stay on to provide uh, kind of exam revision uh, tips as well, just to make sure they're really kind of kicking the ball into the back of the net for their mentee and making sure they do get into their, their top
0: choice uni. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose the only reason I asked there is that we, we know there's a huge amount of pressure on curriculum time and and students time and stuff like that so i guess schools would say right okay what w- w- we're going to allocate this time you know what's going to happen in the time what are the what are the outcomes of it i mean i'm guessing part of it as well is 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 like building that confidence isn't it i mean why you know because a lot of stu- a lot of kids 15 16 they don't have that confidence to Think of themselves in that way, Mm. so I guess it's really important. These people are already in those situations in Oxford or Cambridge or whatever, aren't they? So I guess to be able to hear from them is really important in building their confidence. It really
1: is, Tom. And uh, if if anyone wants to take a look, actually, we um we did some work with uh, UCAS on the effectively what is the efficacy of our work, and there's an impact report on our website that shows that for Oxbridge applications in particular, zero-gravity mentoring will double a student's chances of getting in, and for the, the the less complicated, should I say, and by complicated, I mean fewer steps of applications, zero-gravity mentoring will increase students' chances by about 40% of getting into that top choice uni. And I think it is for exactly that. It's, it's that time that often um, schools simply, they, they don't have the resource. Um, to To put in on a one to one level like that, that um, enhances the student's knowledge, but also allows them to um, allows them to uh, effectively navigate that process, um, and then also instill the confidence in them as well. Having someone who's, like I said, just that little bit further ahead of them, um, say, you know what, you 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 can absolutely
0: do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, if you're a teacher, I suppose in, in my head, I'm thinking, well. There's, there's not many downsides to this, is there? I mean, I can get a free a free weekly mentoring session for any of my year 12s um, to support them in... I say any, they'd have to apply, wouldn't they? But I mean, you know... They'd have, they'd have to be, be eligible,
1: eligible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'd
0: have to be eligible. But essentially, any of my students, if I work in a state school, could apply to this and then benefit from it. Uh, and I think when I was reading the website earlier, it said that to get those sessions through say like year 13 it's good if they apply towards the end of year 12 would that Mm -hmm. be would that be right i mean i mean you do offer it all the way through year, so a year 13 could apply as well couldn't they
1: yeah we we
0: are right now we
1: are pairing year 13 so we will be until uh the end of november um and they'll be taking priority over the year 12s the year 12s who are signing up won't be put in a match just yet we'll be doing that in the spring but they will go into uh the platform where they will have access to um uh, master classes and content to support them with subject exploration um and also to get that inside track nice and early before then in the spring we match them up with with their mentor but right now just due to the timescales the application uh prioritizing year 13s right now
0: yeah of course right i mean in terms of success stories and impact what what has happened since you i mean give us a bit of a timeline if you can as well on on this thing called zero gravity because i believe it was actually set up in 2020 but again correct me if i'm wrong i think it was
1: smidge before then
0: uh so joe who founded zero gravity um he he comes
1: from a low income background in yorkshire and um to use his own words managed to defy the odds to get himself a place at oxford and he he used his experiences uh, a catalyst as inspiration for setting up um, a pilot which he called Access Oxbridge at the time where he built uh, some 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 tech to allow for mentoring of about I think one thousand students and he did this from uh, his student bedroom with a budget of two hundred quid and what he then managed to do was. Um, grow out, rebrand and create zero gravity about the week before we all went into lockdown in March 2020. And since then, um, we've managed to mentor over 3000 students into top unis. And we've grown our own team out to about 20 people now, hopefully 24 by the end of the year. And what we're really nailing right now, we're, um, we're just launching a um, This is very exciting is our career accelerator programs where we take those same students that we've mentored into top universities and then when they're at university we're then mentoring them into top careers whereby we will match them up with graduates who are uh, not studying and not studying at all who are doing the jobs that the same socially mobile undergrads want to be doing and we will then help them reach that top career so in short, we will start working with a student in Year Twelve and then carry them the whole way through through our platform yeah. until they're in their graduate career. Really focusing on on the ultimate outcome of
0: getting getting that job at the end of the process. What barriers do you think there are for young people to get into a so called elite university? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think
1: Where did you knowledge. where did you go to uni, Tom? I went to Surrey, the University of Surrey, okay. and I think I chose Surrey, a great uni. Um, I think I chose Surrey because they put my name on the prospectus, and I thought, oh, <sighs> you know what, high-quality <laughs> uni there. They, 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 they really know what they're doing. Um, and I, I focused a bit on graduate outcomes. I know they do very well on graduate outcomes. But I had, I had no idea, on, really, on um, the, the fact that Russell Group carries you know, a bit of weight, for example. Um, yeah, and I, I probably should have done a bit more research rather than just looking at lee table and prospectuses But I think that's exactly it. It's about networks and knowledge if you are the first in your family to go to university if you um, If you if no one's even kind of told you, you could aspire to Oxford or Cambridge That's before you even think about how you navigate the application process if you're lacking that confidence if you're if you've got a lot of Impostors syndrome, you're not even going gonna try and I think That's the main thing we see with uh, the the thousands of students that we work with when when we get their case studies through. You see imposter syndrome mentioned so so much. They're all doubting themselves because they'll be the first person to to try to do that. Um, So I would say, yeah, networks, knowledge, and I'll I'll definitely throw um, imposter syndrome onto the end of that
0: one as well. Do you think? I mean, obviously, there's a lot. There's been. There's always a lot of debate about higher education, the costs involved, the process involved, and everything. And and I've seen tweets. Uh, recently, from people who said, "Well, I, I didn't go to university," and you know, and I, I it, you know, that that was much better for me. And I think, you know, the, the, there are many who who would argue that the university path is one path; it's not necessarily better than other paths. And and equally, maybe they'd say that about certain universities versus certain other universities. You know, I mean, what what would you say to that? I mean, do you think that university? Is still the kind of go-to place to go.
1: I my personal view is both the I want be- your view and zero gravity view. <laughs> oh well, fine. I I can share both for both. The, yeah. the best the best opportunity for a young person is whatever's best for them going to university is not infinitely better than um going on let's say a degree apprenticeship or let's say um a level two apprenticeship or going straight into work or starting your own business It, it it's far too nuanced to kind of say is one better than the other and the same goes for zero gravity as well we do focus um exclusively on um that into university park but we don't say that you have to go to russell group we have to go to you know a top university we focus on helping students get into their chosen university and i think that's the really really key point is and i've, I've spent years doing this is making sure that students choose the opportunity that's right for them they have the information to choose the right opportunities um, so that they are making a fully informed decision but then ultimately they choose what's right for them, not what uh, maybe society or what um, individuals are kind of pushing them into. So yeah, that's that that one I'll, I'll stick for me and Zero Gravity. Spot on.
0: I mean, I've, I've invited, we've got Sam and we've also got Miss Lawton, who's a trainee geography teacher in at the moment. So I, I'll ask anyone, either Sam or Miss Lawton, if you want to come in and kind of join the conversation then then feel free to do so. I mean, what I would like to move on to now, Tom, if possible, is is, I mean, this is, I guess, is a wider question, and it links back to why zero gravity was set up or what what it kind of aims to do, I guess. But like disadvantage, I mean, how how do how does zero gravity, how does anyone identify disadvantage? You know, what is disadvantage? That's yeah, a very big question. The way that, yeah. Because we... I've read you, I, I know on Zero Gravity, there's like eligibility criteria, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like state schools and, and so on and so forth. But I wondered what your thinking on that is, or what Zero Gravity's thinking is in terms of how it structures that. It's very broad, and as someone that comes from um,
1: the complete rural countryside, um, you get rural deprivation, you get income deprivation. There, there, there's a lot of different types of, uh, of, of disadvantage, and the way that we do it, we essentially look for students where opportunity isn't quite as present, so that would be that uh, their school maybe isn't the, the, the most highest performing, for example, for, for whatever reason, or it might be um, that they come from an area that's particularly low income. And that would suggest, because you can do that with street-level postcode data, um, that maybe that they would not have as much opportunity living in a more deprived area, someone in a more affluent area, or they come from an area where just no one really goes to university. So they're less likely to have that network, those role models around them, as well as your, your kind of... Um, uh, your more well-known measures, such as free school meals, or um, having spent time in care, or being being a refugee, there's more. I think um, I would say obvious um, kind of um, uh, like uh, in, in indications of disadvantage. So what we do is we pull a bit of a picture together of the of the students before we before we decide they're eligible. But in short, we're looking for the students that fall into the bottom forty percent of opportunity. As an organisation, we don't really focus on the student's disadvantage. We focus on their potential, and I think that's one of the reasons why students enjoy working with us. Why before we even started working with schools, we had loads of students coming to us directly because we're very much focused on how do we um, accelerate your potential rather than dwell on your disadvantage.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just—I mean—the reason I asked it just interests me. You know, the whole kind of concept behind it and, and the concept of disadvantage in, in general. I mean, tell us a little bit more, if you can, about the impact of zero gravity on the people who have been mentored by somebody who was at one of the universities. Yeah, so many, so
1: many, so many, so many good case studies. Um, from a statistical point of view, um, I know that about 80% of our of our mentees go into their first choice uni. And um about ninety four of them uh, attributed their success to ninety four percent, sorry, attributed their success to zero gravity, which is always always nice. Um, but some of the some of the fantastic case studies, um, I mean we've got um, Miliers, for example. she um she comes from a traveler background, and she I think she was homeschooled. And she is now, I think, one of the first, if not the first, uh, person with a traveller background to go to uh, an Oxbridge university. And we've just had the success of her little sister doing the exact same thing. We've also got a fantastic young chap called called Brad. Uh, he um, used zero the gravity to, I think, initially apply to. Durham, and then went. Oh, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna reapply, and then uh, got matched up with a Cambridge mentor, and he's off to Cambridge. In uh, well, no, he's there now. Actually, he's just signed up as a mentor him, himself, and he he's absolutely fantastic. We've we've had him in the office a couple of times, and he just kind of um get gets involved, gets to know everything, is really wants to kind of um pay, uh, pay, pay it back as it were, and drop the ladder uh, to to people that want to follow his footsteps. So there's loads of fantastic stories of students who. Um, I think it defied the odds, and there's loads on our, our website as well. Um, and they're honestly oh so so inspiring. They, they give me imposter syndrome to be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my other question, I guess, is about um, is about how zero. If you're just joining us, by the way, uh, I know Mick's here. I know we've got um, eight Mrs. Bench. Thank you for joining us, Mrs. Bench. I appreciate it. Um, we we one of the things I was going to ask you is. Anyone who's just joined, we're talking about Zero Gravity, which is a free service for uh, students to help them Get into elite universities, so they offer free mentoring, and and uh, I guess you call it peer mentoring in a way, wouldn't you, Tom? In, in some senses, it's, it's somebody, yeah, it's someone who's it's someone who's already got into the university who will be doing the mentoring. But essentially, it's free for any student to apply to be able to do through their teacher. Teachers can can get involved too, and and have a look at it. But one of the things I was going to ask is why and how is this free for schools? and the students i've asked that question so many times um yeah almost seems
1: too good to be true doesn't it
0: yeah why <laughs>
1: uh why is a very easy one if it wasn't we'd be exacerbating the problem not not solving it um the, the sort of students we work with are not the ones with the budget to to, to pay for for a service like this so we're, we're free for schools and students forever that's that that's the whole purpose if we if we started charging then that would um I think very much limit our reach and our capacity. The, the whole point of being a tech company and focusing on this problem is so we can reach students from all four corners of, of the UK. And that, that's very much why the how, is we work with our employer partners when the students are then at university to mentor them into top careers. Uh, so as I said, picking that student up, working with them throughout sick form, then when they get to university, uh, democratizing that information opportunity, letting them know about the vacation schemes, the grad schemes, the internships, that um, I think most people don't realize you need to apply for in, in first year and really get ahead of the game. That's, that's, where, that's where the money comes in for us. And like I said, if we charged schools if we charge students then that really would not help our our social mission which is to propel uh, high potential low-income students into world-class universities and careers we'd be probably missing out nearly all of the ones that we actually wanted to reach
0: why do you think mentoring, and this is where I'm going to totally invite anyone else to get involved here in this conversation, because I'm sure there's teachers listening or people who are listening who who may have introduced mentoring on some level into their school or they have experience of it within their environment. But I wondered, why do you think mentoring, because presumably you do think this, is better than maybe other things that they could spend their time on? So. You know, there's lots of things that a student could spend that that extra 30 minutes a week on or an hour a week on. Why do you think mentoring particularly is more impactful or so impactful? And that's the path that you've chosen to go down.
1: I think the reason why it's so impactful, I couldn't comment on, on more without without something more specific, yeah. but the reason it's so impactful is it's around the instilling of confidence, that imposter syndrome, and being able to ask those really, really specific questions on your subject, the university you want to go to, from someone that's already there. As a teacher, it is... Physically impossible to have been to every single university, applied to every single course, and be able to provide that nuanced support um, to to every single one of your learners. It's just it's just not not even fathomable uh, fathomable. So I think that's why it's so successful. I think students, they, they do doubt themselves. They can often get quite anxious and think, you know, how, how what about this really one specific point on my application or what it's like to study that or what are they looking for? And being able to go to someone that's in the position already, I think that that's it. And it's very much around, um, like, like, like I said before, Tom, just getting rid of that imposter syndrome. And I think very much focusing on the, those affirmations as possible selves. Uh, I, th- I think it was a study done in the eighties, actually. Uh, I think it's called the study of possible selves and that, in short, shows that if someone can see themselves in a position, they are far more likely to actually get there versus if they don't. So just going back to that mentorship, seeing someone who you've got similar traits with, similar experiences who's who's there, I think will very much help with, or rather does very much help with, um, that, that kind
0: of a, <laughs> that study of possible selves. How does, I, I mean, presumably zero gravity, I mean, in terms of the, these application forms so uh, you know, Oxford or Cambridge or whatever. I don't have any experience of those myself. I, I, I presume that you've seen some of the, these processes or you know about them, or mm-hmm. certainly the mentors will. I mean, they're obviously challenging. I mean, what, what are the, do you know what the components are of these application processes to get into these places? It will totally depend on the course, but you will get some, some, uh,
1: institutions, sorry. Um, uh, that will simply ask for a personal statement. And again, I say simply, when you've got a blank sheet of paper and you need to put 4,000 characters on, on it that is effective your application to university, it's not so simple. But for um, different courses such as medicine, you've got your, your UCAT, your BMAP, um, you have interviews, you have assessments. There's so many different steps and each one will be different per institution and per course that you're applying to, which again is why I think Having having a mentor who who's been 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 there and done it, and just just you know ultimately a few months ahead of you, um, I think that's why it instills so much confidence and support in the student because it can be pretty nuanced, and I think. When you're used to the school system, maybe let's say you're going, you know, you're driving, you're catching the train to a big big university and it's a different environment and you know you're being assessed, that can be pretty daunting. So almost by having someone saying to you beforehand, actually, you know, when you walk in the room, this is the sort of thing to expect. Don't worry too much about this. And then when that happens, you feel far more equipped because you've had someone tell you their experience of what it's like before you've actually walked through the door.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I... I know that it can be really daunting at that kind of time, isn't it? To see universities like that, maybe you visit one, and it's like, oh my god, this is out of my, this is out of my league, or this is out of my remit, or you know, I don't belong here, or whatever, whatever. Um, I mean, how have teachers fed back about? Have, have teachers given you any feedback about the mentoring that's that's taken place?
1: Yeah, I I spoke with um, a couple of teachers that I've worked with in the past and they they, obviously I'm going to say this, but they've absolutely loved it. Um, I think they've seen the impact of their of their students. We we had an intern working um, working with us who came from one of our zero gravity partner schools, and the intern is how how the school found out about it, and she was raving, um, and, and she knew zero gravity before before I even um, uh, before I'd even joined here. And I think that that's really it. They see the impact, they see the destinations of of their of their learners, but then they hear how passionately. Our our members, their students, talk about talk about their experience with zero gravity, and it's the um, I would not have uh, achieved this if it was not four sort of sentences that I think really really um kind of land with, with with our school partners. We we only launched our school dashboard about four or five months ago, and we're working with fifteen percent. Of UK um, secondary schools, what well, state schools with with sick forms already? So there's definitely been a big uptake, which is fantastic. And we we get feedback on the product constantly. And if anyone does have any you know, tweaks, critiques, feedback, then then we're always always wanting to learn more and expand what what the tool can do from a school's point of view. But ultimately, it's um, I think I think the proof's in the pudding in terms of the efficacy and and the destinations of the students.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean we we can see actually on the pinned kind of tweet there that i've put in um which says "Print zero gravity uh, we're delighted to announce record-breaking results with 151 zero gravity students receiving offers from oxford and cambridge that's a lot of <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that's a lot of offers where are you finding these students like x-men <laughs> or something <laughs> what's going on it's
1: like it's um <coughs> excuse me sorry tom um I, I think as I said before, it's the um, it's the student-focused brand that, that that we've been working on, focusing on students' potential rather than than their disadvantage. I think that that's the real kind of aim, being yeah. being what, one of the I'm, I'm sure many within schools as well to say, yeah, you know what, you got this. It's just about giving that information, and then then you watch them at excel. Yeah, it's is is really really great to see the results, and um, our results are actually um, uh, well, we we've just got the data through from um, from uh the 2021-22 cohort and um we have created a state of the nation report on the leveling up agenda with regards to students access to unis that yeah. will be available to download from our website on thursday um it's called the gap zero report and that will give a bit more insight into into zero gravity's work in the the wider national um na- na- national um leveling up agenda i suppose wow. so keep, keep an eye open for that one
0: Yeah. And if anyone's interested in listening and you're thinking, well, I want to find out more, you can go to zerogravity.co.uk, and you can find out more about the program. Again, completely free for teachers and students. Um, Your students in your class in year 12, for example, year 13 could apply for this and get on the program. And they would have a meeting every week with a university student who might be in Oxford or Cambridge or somewhere else. Um, who who they can kind of see as as someone that they maybe want to aspire towards, or or maybe create that link with them, and they can help them with the application for university and so on and so forth. Uh, Tom, I know you've got to dash off um, soon, um, mm. but what would be your what would be your kind of key points that you'd want to make to teachers about zero gravity? What would what would your I don't want to call them final remarks. That sounds a bit morbid, but what would be your, you know, your kind of like things you would want to say to teachers about zero gravity?
1: The things I would want to say to teachers about zero gravity would be come, come learn more about us. It's, it's quite different. What we're doing Um, It is really exciting what we're doing. The impact of what we're doing is absolutely incredible. But uh, with with something new, uh, with something where, where, where tech can be involved. I know sometimes that can um that, that, that can be um something for schools, you know, wanting to investigate a bit more before diving in. And by all means we've got a fantastic team um who who are here and ready, ready and want, wanting to talk with you. So I would say come come learn more, come find out more about our mission in particular. Um, uh, without our social mission, we have we have no organisation. Um, that's very much at the core of what we do, and we're looking to work with as many schools as possible because then that allows us to reach as many students as possible. And I would say that that would be the,
0: the my my closing remarks, Tom. Yeah, the defining statement the... Yeah. would be check them out. And and it sounds absolutely. I mean, if, honestly, if someone had said, "Oh, you can have a free mentor who you chat to every week," um, when I was in year twelve, I'd have benefited massively from that. Um, you know, and, and actually it would have broadened my horizons probably quite a lot as well Absolutely. to be able to access that. So I think like it's a fantastic opportunity. The fact it's free for teachers and, and students is like even better than, than just having. I mean, even if you said, well, you have to pay for this, you'd still think it was quite good, but actually to have it for nothing, Um, is actually really cool. So it's a really good idea. And um, I'm sure there'll be lots of people who are listening to this live, but also listening back to it as a podcast who might be interested in that. What I want to do now, and, and Tom, you feel free to stay or go at this point. It's completely up to you. But what I'd like to do is broaden out this conversation to everybody here and ask how you support your disadvantaged students in your school now, or may be in the past what you've done what you've seen work or not work in your school context so i know we've got um various people here we've got mr leaney we've got uh red rebby wings who is a science teacher it would be lovely to hear from you steve woods is here i know steve might have ideas on this in terms of schools he's worked with or schools he's seen in terms of what schools do at the moment to support disadvantaged students one of the things i was looking at before this show was the report by the education endowment foundation where they listed various things that they've done or that they suggest doing to support students so for example they've got interventions to support language development or numeracy or literacy activities and resources to meet the specific needs of students with send uh, teaching assistant. I mean, that's one thing I was going to ask you, Tom, we haven't touched on that is, I mean, what about students who perhaps have specific needs or specific challenges? And I mean, d- d- that presumably all students are welcome to apply for this program and, and and anyone, you know, it's inclusive of anyone around the country or any, you know, particular needs or, or um, things that need to be taken into account.
1: Absolutely Tom. Um, it, especially the, the, the geographical part. Um... We, uh, Joe, our founder, comes from from Yorkshire. I come from Gloucestershire, and I think traditionally in in our sort of areas, you, there's not a huge number of programs that, that are there to support support people necessarily, uh, compared to let's say inner city London or, or you know any any inner city. And particularly if students are from like a care background, refugee status, then they they are the exact sort of students that, that we're looking for. The students where opportunity maybe wouldn't have been as as forthcoming as as their peers. So 100 one. 100
0: percent yeah uh, so that's one of them there is 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 uh, one of the things that the eef recommend is is resources and activities to support disadvantaged students and I, I, I think mentoring would fall under that anyway um teaching assistant deployment and interventions is one of the things i don't know whether anyone listening has experience of that in their school use of teaching assistants. i honestly think that's one of the things that Actually, I just don't think a lot of schools do it particularly well. I, I think that teaching assistants in terms of how they could be deployed and, and how they could intervene, I think there's a huge amount of work and development in that area. Um, I know that in primary school, I think they do a significantly better job than in secondary school with that. I think my experience is that it's an overlooked area. Yes, deployment, perhaps they, they get that bit right. But then in terms of how teaching assistants intervene and and how they get involved with learners, I think that's an issue where I think secondary schools have have a lot of work and development to do. I mean, from my experience as a teacher, I don't necessarily think that you know, I had the time or, or, or certainly the TAs were given the direction by anyone else in terms of, right, this is what the best things for you to do are, or this is how we're going to utilize you thought in being put into that in terms of ways to use people the best. And then we've got what's one, a small group tuition uh, is one of the things that, that many schools use to support disadvantaged students. Um, And again, you know, you think about the huge tutoring program that's come about in the last year or two, um, where schools can access tutoring. um, And again, whether that's worked or not, I don't know. But certainly there's been a huge drive for more kind of one-to-one and small group tuition happening outside of the classroom during lesson time usually, but also after school. Um, And it is one of the things that the EEF themselves said can have a big impact, is one-to-one tuition. Um, So it'll be interesting to see the results of that. I don't think we're going to see the National Tutoring Programme results probably for another year or two filter through, but it'll be interesting when it does happen. Another thing that the EEF mentioned is peer tutoring. Again, I don't know whether anyone here has any experience of that in terms of how that's worked when you've introduced it into schools i've been in schools where peer tutoring has worked really really well um for example where we where i've had in fact i ran a program many moons ago which was year 12s working with year i think it was year sevens actually uh i was kind of peer tutoring i mean obviously there's lots of different ways this can work you can have like a sixth form of support and a sixth form you can have like a vertical um uh, tutoring or mentoring system where you've got people who are much older like zero gravity tutoring someone who is who is younger i think different systems can work well i'd be interested to hear does peer tutoring work in your opinion and then we've got the wider strategies um that the eef say that schools are using um one of them is pretty obvious which is supporting pupils social emotional and behavioural needs, which I think comes in under what happens in lessons as well, actually. I think it, it, I think that's the whole school. I think that's the culture of the school to support all students, supporting pupils' social, emotional, and behavioural needs. So there's a huge amount of things within there. Um, supporting attendance. Um, Tom, when, when do Zero Gravity sessions actually take place? Do they take place during school hours or after school hours or what?
1: It's a mix. The majority of the mentoring sessions that we see happen after 5 pm on, on, on weekdays. so generally out of out of school time if a school did want to uh, allow allow students to allocate some time then of course that's that's that, that the're more than welcome to do so. What the mentees and mentors, the sick formers and undergrads will do is on, on the platformers they will both effectively put their, their availability. So am I free in mornings, afternoons, evenings, or on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? And then from that, um they, they will they will pick um they, they will pick the slots to book in their sessions. So it's on, on the students to work out when when they're free and, and, and manage their diaries. So there's no no dependence on any any school school lesson time or anything like that. They don't well shouldn't shouldn't interfere.
0: Yeah, spot on. I mean, uh, this is the thing as well. It's like I mentioned that because the EF talk about supporting attendance and I'm just wondering whether having that regular mentor might actually support attendance because they might be thinking, well, my mentor, you know, has said I need to do this, this and this. And maybe that would fire them up to attend more or to get engaged a bit more if they can develop that relationship with their mentor, you know? It might actually inspire more school attendance or better school attendance. I could, I could definitely I
1: I don't have any any data. to no, no, back not. it up. But I, I could definitely see that happening. I think when someone's got confidence, they're they're more engaged, they're more focused. If they, as I said, think, think about those possible selves, if if you can see it within your site and you know what you need to do to get there, um, I think often that can contextualize what what you're working on and give you give you um a lot more drive, I suppose, than than, than maybe you would have had in the first place.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of how schools support attendance, well, there's a whole range of things that schools do. And this, this report I'm actually reading on the EF website is within the context of the pupil premium and the spending from the pupil premium and what schools tend to spend it on. One of those areas is, is attendance. Another one is extracurricular activities. So we've got things like sports, outdoor activities, arts, culture, trips, Um, I guess what you'd call building the cultural capital and giving opportunities for students to do things after school. Um, And I I would say that's key. I I think that's probably one of the most key ones that I've been through here. What I've seen from students who have engaged with extracurricular activities has been mind-boggling in some cases. And um, just to see their confidence grow, to see them develop or learn new skills, to see them just become more mature in many respects through that. I think it's it's mad how what big an impact extracurricular activities can have. Perhaps within school as well, getting those extracurricular activities doesn't have to be after school, but extracurricular can mean activities within the school day, any time really when students have any kind of time to, to do anything and being able to offer that, encourage it, and so on. And then we've got ex- extended school time, like summer schools and stuff. Now, a lot of schools have started doing that. I don't know whether anyone who's in in the space or in the show now, obviously many will probably be listening back to this as a podcast, but if you're listening and you're thinking, well, do does extending the school day work? Um, Tom, I don't know if you've got an opinion on that, but I personally... I'm not convinced that extending the school day is the way. Do you know what I I mean?
1: I can imagine if I said in front of all these teachers listening, extend the school day, I'd be very, very unpopular um I think uh, facilitating opportunities for students out, outside of school time yeah or the extracurriculars that you mentioned before Tom are a pivotal in building a well a well-rounded individual which will ultimately help them get into get into a career um help them at the university all those different things but yeah I couldn't personally couldn't say I'm well, well clued up enough as to whether we should be at extending the, the school day and I don't want to uh, make myself a very unpopular
0: man on on, on this interview <laughs> Yeah, no problem um but yeah I mean my, my opinion is I I don't know if that's the way forward, really. Um, and we've also got summer schools and then there's like breakfast clubs, meal provision, communicating with and supporting parents. I mean for, for you, Tom, like with like the parents and that, I mean, how do they how do they respond to zero gravity? I mean do, does zero gravity have anything to do with the parents? Not directly. no
1: we We do uh, provide documentation that the school can that the school can send home. Uh, as well as your introductory PowerPoints, uh, little videos, those, those sorts yeah. of things to just preface zero gravity before schools refer their students. We do have a, a pro forma letter that, that can be sent home. And occasionally we'll, we'll get messages from parents, um, uh, usually, usually just kind of championing championing what we're, what we're doing, uh, which is always nice. Or they just have some, some, some specific questions we're always happy to answer. But it's not something whereby we, we deal with parents directly on a day to day basis
0: got you got you because uh, i mean it's interesting how uh, i guess a lot of the parents might be unaware that <laughs> their, 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 their son or daughter is getting the uh <laughs> zero gravity mentoring and then suddenly they probably turn around after six months at the dinner table and say oh by the way i've been getting mentors for six months do you know what i mean <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> a doing that but maybe i'm being cynical um yeah. Tom, thanks ever so much for joining me tonight. It's honestly, I feel like I've, I mean, I'm really, I want to be mentored. Can I be mentored? I'm 37. I don't know whether it's too late for me,
1: but. I, I don't think it's ever too too late for a mentor. May, 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 maybe not for for
0: uni, Tom, but the, the, the power of mentorship is. Well, is if you also. come across anyone who wants to mentor me, because I <laughs> need general guidance in adulting and everyday life, then, then do let me know. That would be oh, great. Let, let
1: me know when you when when, when you find them. I'll I'll, I'll join you as well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Cheers,
0: Tom. Take care. Thanks very much for joining in tonight. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. Bye, Tom. Bye, bye. <laughs> that was Tom Hayward-Pope, who is the COO of Zero Gravity. And you can find out more about Zero Gravity on the pinned tweet in the space. Uh, But what's going to happen now is, hopefully, I want to hear from you. I want to hear how you think schools can support disadvantaged students, how you think, what you think schools could or should be doing to support students within their environments, whether you think there's something that we're doing now that we shouldn't be doing. Um, you know, are we get, making wrong steps? Are we doing something wrong? Um, I often wonder if we are. I often wonder that actually there are certain things that that just don't work, that we keep doing. Um, so I don't know whether you've got an opinion on that I know Noreen's here, hello Noreen good evening, um, Sam has been listening to the whole show, Sam thank you for listening for the to the whole show this evening, really appreciate that Susan is here, I don't know whether one of you guys have an opinion on this in terms of how schools can support disadvantaged students or you know I know Noreen you've got immense experience in the governorship side of things and you all know what different schools do to support disadvantaged students what works what doesn't work so i'm going to i'm going to give you a minute everyone whether you want to call in um, to to kind of share your view on that but if not don't worry because i will i will probably wrap things up uh, in a couple of minutes if not um, but if anybody does want to jump on now to share their opinion this is your chance in the final minute to to get involved and join the chat if you want to That's not a bomb, by the way. I think that's something in this room that's just beeping. Oh, it stopped. Thank goodness for that. Um, But if anybody wants to call in, we've got about a minute. If not, I'm gonna wrap it up for this evening. Yes, I am gonna wrap it up. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you very much, Nathan, for adminning. And I will be back maybe the week after next. Yes, the week after next.